Welcome to the Old Soul, New Soul Astrology Podcast. Thomas Miller here along with Robert Glasscock. Thank you so much for listening to us. We have a great question that I think Robert is going to have a very interesting answer to. This came from somebody who went to the funastrology.com website and up on the upper left clicked the orange button and sent us this message. Hey Thomas, it's Tiffany. Hope you're doing well. I have a quick question for you. I heard something the other day about Pluto being void, of course. We are always talking about the moon being void, of course, but what are your thoughts on planets being void, of course? Thanks. Great question. In fact, I think it's maybe the second time we've been asked this question about void, of course, planets. Void, of course, only applies in orary astrology. It is never used in natal astrology. And the reason for this is that in orary astrology, the moon shows the immediate dynamic in the situation by the house placement of the moon in orary, and of course, by the signs and aspects it makes. But it's the house placement that's really crucial, and this is only in orary. The moon, if the moon fails to make a Ptolemaic aspect, namely the conjunction, the sextile, the square, the trine, or the opposition. There are only five Ptolemaic aspects, and those are the only ones that we use in orary. Now, there are moments where you can revert to other aspects, but primarily that's the way an orary works. So the moon, if it does not make an aspect, a Ptolemaic aspect, before leaving the sign that it is in, and this is only in orary, then it is void of aspects in the course of its motion. In, in orary astrology, a planet is only allowed to move the entire distance through the sign it is in to form aspects with other planets, but no planet in orary is allowed to, to leave the sign it is in and go into another sign to make an aspect. So the term void, of course, means the moon is void of aspects during the course of its motion. That's that's what it means. And if in orary the moon fails to make a Ptolemaic aspect before it leaves the sign it is in, it's called void of course, which means in orary only that the querent is either at the end of the situation and there's nothing that they can do either way to alter the outcome. Or it means that the situation is essentially uh, a done deal, so to speak. So that's the only time you use void, of course. In natal astrology, when she just asked about the Pluto void, of course, well, Pluto, of course, is the slowest moving archetype we have. And even in a natal horoscope, Pluto doesn't make aspects to other planets. Other planets make aspects to Pluto. They're all either applying or leaving an aspect to Pluto, but it's not the other way around because the fastest moving planets, obviously, in natal astrology. So the question about any planet other than the moon being void, of course, is a non sequitur in astrology because you'd never use void, of course, in natal astrology. The same is true in, in orary, as you know, we have specific rules. Another rule in orary, if the moon is in the via combusta, which is a segment of the zodiac between 15 Libra and 15 Scorpio, then the moon is in the Via Combusta, and the, the horoscope is not to be read when the moon is in the Via Combusta. This is only in orary, not in natal astrology. If you have your moon in fifteen between 15 Libra and 15 Scorpio, your moon is not in the Via Combusta for natal purposes. This is only in orary. So I think that, that people who have this question 
Uh, it needs to read, read a little bit more about orary astrology. And for example, don't take my word for this, the void of course moon and, and planets only being void of course in orary. Mark Edmund Jones and other astrologers you know, point out the same thing. But I think that's where the confusion comes. So you really don't have a void of course Pluto in any case. And uh, you certainly don't have it in anything other than orary. Now let's take this to the topic of transits because obviously my daily podcast, the Fun Astrology Podcast, is uh, based on transits, what's going on in the sky today or tomorrow or the next day. And in just looking at transit astrology, if you will, or what's up there right now, there is definitely a movement of people who follow the void of course moon. So today, if the moon is in Scorpio, for example, and tonight it moves into Sagittarius, and there are no more aspects between now, let's say when we're talking this morning, and tonight when it moves into Sagittarius, that's considered void, of course, from a transit perspective today. And a lot of people, I know people who do this. I, I worked with one couple for a little while, and they followed the void, of course, precisely. They were like, well, let's see, let's, let's have a conversation about this, but let's do it tomorrow because the moon is void, of course, today. What do you think about that? I think it's fine because in essence, that's a form of orary astrology. What you're doing is looking at the moment and the moon is void, of course, you know, every few days, really. So there are times, that's not a time necessarily to start anything just under a transiting void, of course, moon. I wouldn't start anything under that. But that's from an orary standpoint. If you ask a question at that moment, for example, you couldn't read the chart because the moon would be void, of course. That would be an orary question. On the other hand, if you're just sitting there at home and you've got a schedule and you're thinking about having a meeting or something with somebody, you can look and say, eh, let's not have it that day because the moon's void, of course. That's an orary decision, basically, on, on the, the current transiting movements of the planets. But uh, the, the question about Pluto being void, of course, that extrapolates the idea the avoid of course into an area that it never belonged and it's not it's not even legitimate well, let me ask you this because we are born at a so the natal chart is obviously a precise moment in time right it's a snapshot of a moment of transit astrology it's a moment of you know process of today boom there you are how is that different a natal chart is a frozen snapshot of a moment in time. And if it's for a natal chart, a birth horoscope, void, of course, does not apply in a natal horoscope, period. So you now you can observe the fact that somebody is born with their moon in a very late degree and the moon doesn't make any aspects. You can note that, but it's not uh, it's not nearly as important in natal astrology as it is in orary astrology, because the orary question pertains only to one very specific situation, not your whole life. So that's primarily the difference, because people with people, there, there are people, astrologers who don't know any better, thinking, oh my God, my moon is in the Via Combusta, it's at four Scorpio, that's horrible. Not in natal astrology, it isn't. 
you only use the via combusta as one of the considerations before judgment, they call it, in orary. In, in orary astrology, as you know, a horoscope has to meet certain requirements. You cannot have less than three degrees rising in orary. Otherwise, the question is premature. There are not enough elements in place for astrology to give you an answer if you have three degrees or less of a sign rising in orary. Or conversely, if you have more than 28 degrees, or 27 degrees rising um, in orary, again, you can't read the chart. In that situation, it's because the moon is, let's say, void of force, uh, and it doesn't it doesn't aspect anything before leaving the sign that it is in. Therefore, the dynamic of the question, as far as that orary chart is concerned, can't be read because there's no dynamic. The moon doesn't make any Ptolemaic aspects before leaving the sign, and that that element alone will factor into the question and its answer. But that's only in orary, never, never, never in natal. And so, people, I guess, I don't know where I've heard this. Uh, idea about say pluto or another uh, planet being void of course and i'm thinking where do you get that i don't know who's teaching this <laughs> today i don't because know it either. Show, to yeah. me it shows a kind of fundamental misunderstanding or lack of understanding of the differences between orary and natal astrology i think it's fine as you're talking about i don't want to do this today because the moon's void of course that's in essence an orary decision you're not talking about somebody's life their natal chart you're talking about a specific moment a question Really, but I look, I have an option. I can take this meeting today or I can take it tomorrow. Well, the moon's void, of course, today. Let's take it tomorrow. And that's a logical uh, assumption to make, I think. Boy, this brings up so many other things that I'm thinking about. Okay, let me ask you this. First of all, electional astrology. This is something that a lot of the Hellenistic ancient astrologers discuss and teach is that you look at the chart and determine the best time for something. Let's say you wanted to get married. Okay. What's the best day for marriage? You look ahead, you find Venus, you find various other aspects, maybe related to the seventh house, et cetera, and you pick the best time. What's the difference between that and horary? Well, electional is when you have an option for choosing a time to begin something, the birth of something. And that's what astrology charts is the, the births of ideas or businesses or the birth of a human being and so on. Uh, so what was your question? <laughs> What's the difference of this? Like, should we do the meeting this afternoon or tomorrow? No, the, you know, and saying that, well, the void of course moon this afternoon, let's move it to tomorrow. That's a horary kind of thing. Is that the same as an electional kind of thing? Mm, they're related, but but when you say, um, what's the best time to have this meeting? And you're just looking, at, say, at the one of those calendars that, that shows you the void of course moon. If you have an electional, if you, you have an option, why start something under a void of course moon? Because that, in effect, becomes like an orary question. Should I start now or should I start there another time? So that's playing around with observing the aspects and realizing if I start this meeting, if this is the first meeting and it's an important meeting, I don't want to start it under a void of course moon. I'd rather start it under uh, a new moon, a transiting moon that's going to make some aspects, that has some dynamic to it. That's all. So it'd be, it's very akin to orary, electional is, but that's completely different than somebody's natal chart, a birth chart. That's for a whole lifetime that you're looking at. And there you don't have a void, of course, moon. You don't have to consider these things before judgment. Any natal chart can be read. Not every orary chart can be read. And they're very specific rules. And if you ignore them, you do it at your own peril in orary astrology. 
because you're going to probably come up with wrong answers when you do. I just did an orary for somebody, uh, I guess, a couple of days ago, and she had some business decisions to make between staying where she is or she has a new job opportunity, but it, it too, she knows the boss, the new boss, and she likes him very much. He's been a friend of hers for years, but he's also a tyrant at work. So she's torn. And basically what the orary chart said is if you can do this, split the time because she actually mentioned, or maybe could I split the time and, and, and anyway, uh, keep this job, but also take this, this second opportunity. And that's exactly what the chart suggested that she do that because they both had equally favorable aspects, which means either option is basically going to be equal. It, both had bad things and both had good things. And the actual suggestion from the chart was absolutely split your um, split your jobs and you'll be able to take both of them and give yourself a little more time that way to experience both jobs. And you'll see if this new job is going to work out for you or not rather than, and, and I said, and be ready at the end of the, the letter I wrote her back was, and be ready to say yes to this new opportunity on Thursday. Very specific. She write me. She wrote me back and said, you are magic. Well, I'm not. And astrology is magic. The meeting is Thursday, and that is when I have to give them the decision. And you, you told me exactly what I've been thinking is the best course of action. So there, astrology, a total stranger, astrology gave her the answer. And it turned out to be not only the best answer, but also the one that instinctively she was going for. Yeah, it's, so in it's that amazing. case, astrology supported her. But I love this. This is why I love astrology so much. When that chart said Thursday. And she wrote back, and this was all from symbolic directions, Thomas. This had nothing to do with the ephemeris. This is all techniques from orary astrology only, and they're symbolic. And yeah. sometimes orary timing is very specific, such as it was in her case. Other times, it's more symbolic. It says it can say, look, this doesn't look like it's going to mature or eventuate for, say, six months. All right, that's impractical under your question. But what astrology then is saying is act as if you had as long as six months to make this decision, which means suddenly the panic is gone. The pressure is gone. Oh, you mean I've got six months? Yes, you do. So that gives you a, a so orary timing is very interesting. Sometimes, like with Thursday, it can be extremely specific. Other times, it's not, and that's because different situations have different levels of clarity. Some are befogged by all sorts of peripheral considerations, and other questions are very clear. And astrology shows that too. But that's orary, and natal astrology is a different branch and has different rules. Okay, let, so we've defined here via combusta is in horary, is not in natal. Void, of course, is in horary, not in natal. Let me ask you just about two other areas that some people are probably clicking and thinking about. What about the Kazemi and then the under the beams? So this is Kazemi is obviously when a planet is, say, 16 or 17 minutes away from the sun that it is emphasized and then under the beams i think is like 16 degrees away from you know on either side of the sun that they say the sun washes out a planet either of those factor in i suppose i've never really um certainly with kazemi you have a tremendous emphasis on the planet archetype that conjuncts the sun that closely 
but in fact it's 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 more like a rarefied conjunction so it still is a conjunction i have my sun conjunct neptune but it's by four degrees it's still a close conjunction but it's not kazemi and the under the beams is the same sort of consideration they're just they're sort of very specialized conjunctions at least that's the theory i personally have never found it particularly useful or practical uh it's there and you can if you know about it you can think about it and even explore it with the client uh but as i say o over the years i've just never gotten anything very helpful or, or specific from kazimi but as far as our discussion of horary versus natal horary and natal both would interpret them as part of the interpretation i guess you know i've never read about kazimi and horary I never have. I, I think it's, uh, I'm sure people use it that way, but I've only read uh, references to Kazemi or Under the Beams in natal astrology. It's not a consideration, really. Okay. In Hori. In Hori. All right. Well, mm -hmm. and I would just chip my two cents worth in because I have one of each. Remember, I have, <laughs> I have three planets, the Sun, Mars, and Neptune on the same degree. The Sun and Mars are Kazemi. And I can tell you that, uh, yeah, okay, but when you have the Sun and Mars together, it's going to be hot no matter where you are. And Neptune is technically under the beams. It's just outside that 16 or 17 minute mark. And I can tell you not. Neptune is very alive and well in my life, conjunct that Sun and Mars. So I don't know. Same deal. All right, Robert, thank you for this. Tiffany, hope that clears it up. Thank you so much for a great question. If you'd like to talk to Robert individually about your Kazemi or your beams, take a look at the show notes. The direct link to reach him is there, as well as all the other things we have going on, including the YouTube channel, the Discord channel, and now our book club that Kristen Lawhead is doing for a book that we are going through, a Sun Signs, Reverse Engineering for the rest of 2023. And by the way, we're going to take up Horary in the next episode as well. So we'll see you there. Thank you so much for listening. <music>